Welcome to another episode of Where in the Folk. I am Reed right here is the sexy Cecil joining us from the northern reaches of the Bluegrass State. We've got Tully and our special guest tonight, uh, Mr. Thompson. Where in the folk are you? Let us know about yourself. Uh, I am in the lovely town of Las Vegas, which my brother, my brother always says uh, that we have a lot of degenerates in this town, uh, which is true. But if you think about it, we have no more degenerates than any other city. We just have them concentrated all into one area. <laughs> just the per capita is a little bit. Uh, that could be. That could be. Right there on the strip. <laughs> do you do you enjoy gambling? No, I don't. That's see, that's the, that's the key. If you gamble and you live in this town, it will eat you alive. It it seriously will. My cousin was living here. She was a uh, trauma nurse for a lot of years before I moved here, and she told me the only time she went to the strip was when people would come to town. And that's it. She stayed away from it otherwise. So when I moved out here, I took the same advice. And I think I've been to one casino the whole time I've been here. I've been here since October. It just, it doesn't pay, dude. Man, you could go through a bankroll quick. Oh, in a day. Like you have to be responsible. Uh, Like about this town, this town is built on irresponsibility, man. Like Cecil plays the lottery i don't know if you do dave ever now but i i like like religiously once a month we'll go buy scratch off tickets so like i would probably set aside like a couple hundred bucks just to go blow see now he says i'm the one with the problem because i pay like ten dollars a month in fucking powerball (laughs) tickets Dude, Powerball tickets a, are expensive. And this son of a bitch <laughs> goes out and spends like $400 on scratch-offs once a month. <laughs> no, no, just like, well, I'll tell you what. I've been playing the same scratch-offs. I've just been taking it back and getting new scratch-offs since Christmas. I haven't spent any money. And the last ones I took back to, to get more scratch-offs, uh, it was 100 bucks. Nice. I got pranked one time on a scratch off. They, uh, we had one of those, uh, things at work where everybody got, you know, a, just a $10 gift and somebody got power or tickets, scratch off tickets. And we drew out of a hat for what we got. I was the, you know, the dumbass that got the scratch off tickets. And one of them, when he scratched it off, it was a $50,000 winner. It was a joke ticket. <laughs> I was like, I was ready to say, Fuck this place. I'm going home. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you quit your job for a hundred thousand dollars though? Sure. I don't think I would, man. <laughs> it, it just depends. Like if you could get into a different hustle, like, you know, the pizza place you've always wanted or something like that. I don't know. Like I, I would quit my job for 5 million. Well, that, well that's essentially <laughs> what I did. But I, uh, Thanks to COVID, unfortunately, uh, I ended up with an inheritance. Uh, um, and I just said, okay, that's it. I'm done. And I write books on the side. And that's when, that. and that's it. Is, it. is that when you moved to? Well, I had, I had already decided I wasn't going to drive. I was a, over there, a truck driver. 
And I already decided I wasn't driving in the wintertime because that it's, you can't make as much money because you get paid by the mile and with weather conditions like they are, road conditions like they are, you can't drive as fast. So you don't make as many miles. So you don't make as much money. And it's also at least three times as dangerous as at any other time of the year. And you don't get paid an extra dime for it. So I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> speaking, of your, you. speaking of your books, how many books do you have out? And where can everybody buy them? I have 15. Shit. <laughs> 15 of them. They're all on Amazon. What do, you, what do you make like what do you write about just so everything in general or uh well it's basically horror general horror uh post-apocalyptic and zombies nice. i have a, i have a series i'm on the, the seventh book of the series now of zombies nice. what got you started on zombies like has it just always been your childhood thing or no actually i i, I you know I, I was obviously i was a fan of you know, the Romero movies, because who isn't? Yeah. But um, I was, I listened to a lot of audiobooks driving down the road. Because I found it was, it, I love music and I have a huge music database. I've got, I've got so many songs in this computer right now that I could listen to them from start to finish and I'd die before I got to the end of the list. So I love music, but Listening to music while you're driving down the road, especially through like Nebraska, which is like this oh, fuck. <laughs> for eight solid hours, like this, uh, it's too easy to zone out. And zoning out when you're driving a 75,000 pound battering ram is not a good idea. So I started listening to audiobook because it, it gave my brain something to hang on to. Did you, uh, how many years did you drive? 10. Did you ever encounter anything like strange whilst making the trips? No. Uh, well, other than the the shocking suicidal stupidity of the average driver. Yeah. Now, I, I will say you probably encountered some uh, other drivers that were unique individuals because uh, I I used to work at distribution centers, you know, for quite a while and. Man, there were some characters in some of them truck drivers. Some of them were, <laughs> God, am I? Well, some, some of these, <laughs> a lot of these guys uh, will spend all day long listening to far right wing talk radio. Oh yeah, and their their minds their minds are just completely warped. <laughs> the, 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 the shit that comes out of their mouths is like, what planet are you from, dude? <laughs> But they're absolutely convinced that every word they're saying is the absolute unassailable fact, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. Oh, shit. That's how I got my start in conspiracies, though, was because my dad was one of those crazy people that listened to that while you drove trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that shit just rots your brain, man. <laughs> but anyway, I was, I was you know, listening to a lot of audiobooks, and all the zombie fiction that i read that i was listening to particularly the the military based zombie fiction uh it was always special forces navy seals uh the marines you know it was always some you know instant rambo 
who absolutely knew exactly how to do combat and to fight these zombies. And it was completely unrealistic. And I spent 14 years in the Coast Guard. And if the Coast Guard was mentioned at all, it was either as an afterthought or as the butt of a joke. And I know these people. I know the people who are in there. I know their training. I know the way their minds work. And what most people don't understand about the Coast Guard is they routinely go where no one in their right mind has any business going. Either because some idiot just went there and needs to have his life saved or to stop some other idiot from doing it in the future. I mean, we, we do a lot. I mean, we intentionally go out into hurricanes. Yeah. That's not rational. Um, they have, they have these special boats for running and heavy surf that are designed to capsize and flip back up again. And for training, they go out and capsize intentionally. That's not rational. <laughs> Sounds it's, awful fun, though. <laughs> well, I, I, I never had the experience, and I never really wanted it. Uh, being, being on the big boats and out in the, out in the big pond in a storm was bad enough. Um, and then what, a couple of years ago, they had a guy who actually hopped onto the back of a drug smuggling mini sub and knocked. Wow. <laughs> and knocked. It was on, it was all over the internet. Um, oh, you know, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. These are the kind of people that I spent 14 years of my life with. And in the event of a zombie apocalypse, they're exactly the kind of people I would want watching my back. And plus, because the the main mission, unlike the other armed services, the main mission of the Coast Guard isn't combat. It's it's like 27 other things plus combat. Did you you ever see anything, any anomalies while you were out at sea? Oh, well, Mother Nature is weird enough, dude, just on its own. Um, we were, we went over the top of North America. I was on an icebreaker. Uh, and we were coming down on the western side through the Bering Strait. And we had come from 24 hours of daylight, which is really weird. I mean, if you, uh, if you had been upgraded by the host, okay, huh? I'm getting weird messages on my computer. Um, uh, 24-hour daylight. So you you get up and you you go up to the bridge at you know midnight, and you need sunglasses. It it really messes with your body clock. But um, we are coming back down, and we are kind of at the terminus between 24-hour daylight and a normal day-night cycle, and the sunset. This one night lasted for like four solid hours. The whole sky was like blue and green and purple and yellow and orange and red. It was astounding. I just I just stood there out of the deck and just get you zoned out. Oh, totally. And uh, out there in the middle of the big pond, when you're a thousand miles from the nearest light source. You can literally see the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy. You can see it. I've actually, I've actually looked at the Andromeda galaxy 
through a pair of binoculars. Shit. That's how clear it is out there. So that in and of itself was enough. And then, you know, you get, you get whales and porpoises and sharks and all sorts of, you know. So that was, that was weird enough without anything otherworldly. So did, did you, you ever see anything get absolutely obliterated by a killer whale? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Especially there uh, once up in Alaska, um, the, the, I was in southeast Alaska, the panhandle that goes down along uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, I mean. And uh, they're, they're basically just, the islands are basically just rocks with trees on them. And you come across these islands that have seals. Just the whole beach is covered with seals. And I, I remember this one time there were two orca, two killers, just kind of swimming offshore, minding their own business, not causing any trouble, nothing to see here, folks. And seals, being inquisitive and incredibly stupid creatures that they are, <laughs> uh, for one of them went out there, uh, and they started playing with it. They're just like you know, flipping in the air, frolicking around, having a good old time. And then another one came out, and then another one came out, and then another one came out, and bam! The ocean was red. Wow. He just killed him. Just, Dinner time. It was, it was the most vicious thing I'd ever saw. <laughs> and then down in Antarctica. Um, Wait, you've where, been to Antarctica? Oh, yeah. Spent two months down there. Um, so they, they oh. <laughs> down, down in Antarctica, the, the icebergs are flat. And so a lot of the ice, the ice flows are flat. And penguins are the dumbest creatures on the planet. But they're also incredibly entertaining for about two weeks. <laughs> After two weeks, you're pretty much over it. But there was, I saw this a couple of times. You'd get a cluster of penguins on this ice floor and a killer whale would come up and beach itself on the ice floor and it would tilt and it'd just sit there with its mouth open. And the... the <laughs> Fast food. So when you were in Antarctica, how much uh, secret government shit did you do? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely none. Absolutely none. It was wide open. We never had a security briefing. I had a secret clearance. Uh, but, I mean, there was nothing unusual. It were was just a lot of scientific research. Were you guarding the whole two centers? No. Right, so it must have been further in. <laughs> yeah. Or like the 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 satellite images of pyramids down there. We 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 did a uh, uh, a weird a, a weird realities inc or whatever it was um, roundtable about uh, all the Nazis and the conspiracy theories about Antarctica. And they were talking about, you know, how the, these big arches and these pyramid-looking things. And there's this thing out in Antarctica called wind. <laughs> and it moves at like 100 miles an hour. And you get snow and ice with 100 miles an hour wind on it, and it's going to make some weird shapes. That's, what, that's all that is. 
It's just Antarctica. Antarctica, Jeff. Antarctica, Antarctica is is really the the edge of survivability. It's an incredibly well, but, dangerous place. I think the the thought there is it was it was when everything was still Pangea is when like the pyramid would have been built. Yeah. Well, well, that 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 may very well be, but that ice is like thousand feet thick, two thousand feet thick. It's if there's any, if there's anything built before the ice came, it's buried under a shitload of ice. I can get behind that. <laughs> I believe that. If, if there is, oh, there is. <laughs> How deep into Antarctica were you? I was. Well, I was just on the coast. Okay. But we dealt with people who had been to the set to the north to the South Pole. Um, we ended up taking a bunch of uh, New Zealanders for a boat ride back up to Australia because the weather the weather sucked in too early and we, they couldn't get flights out. So I talked to plenty of people that had been inland and nothing about it's a lot of snow and ice and penguins and shit. Nothing about a huge ice wall. Nobody take this off the wall. Well, yeah, there's lots, there's lots of huge, there's lots of huge ice walls. They're called glaciers. <laughs> what are, like this one would be like the one in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, no. Does <laughs> that make it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. They they, they were made out of ice. <laughs> they said that there's uh, the USS. What was it? Uh, Stalin had the presence in Antarctica, and like they found a. Uh, a bus, like a statue of um, not Stalin, but who was it? I can't Lenin. Lenin. Lenin down there. I suppose that's possible. Yeah. But um, just the way we we know that the Nazis had a base down there, but the rest of the stuff that goes with the flying saucers and the alien text. Well, the dude, the the original guy who went down there to sort of explore had testimonies of of a, basically a uh, skirmish, skirmish with a group of extraterrestrials. That, that's based on um, a journal that is supposedly his. Well, but he got... Never, it's, it's never been uh, verified as his. It's never been authenticated as his. It's because when he was on his way to do that, he got suicided. And then when his son was on his way to do the same thing, his son also conveniently died. You're talking about Admiral Byrd? Yes. Oh, no, it isn't Admiral yeah. Byrd. Well, no, didn't, no, this guy died um, going to talk about uh, what was like it? the truth. I don't know his uh, name offhand. Cecil. Whenever we covered the ghost stories, um, it was one of his shacks where people said they seen him. A Shackleton? Yeah. Because it was him and his son. That uh, like his son disappeared for like three days or something, and they found him dead and ruled it a, a like a heart attack, I think, or something. All, all I can say is from from being there and from talking to people who'd been in London, and just basic, you know, the smell test. No, I think that's awesome. Most, most of like, those most of those conspiracy theories just don't pass the smell test. They don't. I mean, for example, the, the flying saucers down there. 
okay, if in 1938 or whenever, when the, the Nazis got down there, uh, if they had alien tech, why didn't they use it? Why don't we have it now? Why don't we have flying saucers all over the place if we've had alien tech since, you know, for the we, last 70 years? We do. Where? <laughs> Where? The, the Pentagon show, just, just show them to it. me. No, they, they confirmed unidentified flying objects, which Dude. they're un they're unidentified. <laughs> Dude, if if the government had anti gravity technology, we would never see it because of the oil business. Nonsense. Nonsense. It's true. Uh, There's take, too much take, money. Take stealth technology. We had now we had stealth technology for quite a while before the general public was informed that we had stealth technology, but that is, that's, I mean, that's, that's state of the art or it was at that time. Well, okay. Where are the flying saucers? Where, where are they? Why have not, why have we not seen them? Why don't, why do we not have a squadron of them flying off the coast of China right now? Why? Why? Why haven't we used them in the Middle East? There's Why? a lot. Of, there's a lot of speculation. We do do that. <laughs> we just <laughs> well, that's they, see. That's just it. The, the speculation. This is. I now. I'm a pragmatist. I believe in in what I can see and what there's evidence for. That's fair. I'm also smart enough to understand that you can't. You can't mechanistically define everything in this world. There's stuff that we just don't understand. I, I, I firmly admit that. I firmly admit the possibility of some of this stuff. However, there's no evidence for it. And you listen to, to some of these, you know, the UFO guys, for example. Um, they talk about, isn't it possible that? Could it be that? What if this? We well, that's all fine and good, but there's no evidence to back up what they're saying. We have a guy that would absolutely melt brain on this subject. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and he he's an actual scientist, so like that's literally all he talks about is the details of all of it. Well, see, here here's the thing, and, and this is, I've, but he's, you know, he's you know not. that the flat the flat Earth guys can give you um, actual mathematical formulae that prove the earth is flat we've got one of the problem the the, the problem is that is that with that is that the earth isn't flat it's not And, and all you and all you need to do to prove that and all you need to do to prove that the earth isn't flat is ask people do you use gps how could gps not work on a flat earth no GPS is based on what's called the Mercator projection, which is why which is why you, the 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 continents seem deformed. For example, Greenland looks a whole lot bigger than it actually is. That's because it, it, the, the Mercator projection allows for the curvature of the Earth, so that your your longitude latitude longitude and latitude lines, or actually your longitude lines shrink. As they get to the north and south pole, it's because that, that's what that's what deforms 
the look of the continents. But that's what that's what GPS is based on, is that Mercator projection. And it, if GPS works, the Earth ain't flat. Sorry, it's just not. But see, here's here's the thing, <laughs> here's the thing about here's the thing about these uh, these conspiracy uh, theories, the, the basis of these conspiracy theories. Let me give you a, a logical argument. And here's here's I'll give you the the diagram of the argument, and then I'll present it to you. All right. If A is B, and B is C, A must be C. That is a logical argument. So let's give names to that. If dogs are cats and cats are rats, dogs must be rats. Well, dogs aren't cats. Cats aren't rats. So that argument simply logical, though it may be formulated, it's simply not true. The premise is out to lunch. Have you seen the video where uh, someone hits the dome on the flat earth with the rocket? Uh, no. I haven't a flat seen earther, a flat earther sent a rocket into the atmosphere, and it was one. It went stop and fell back, bounced off the flat earth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what flat earthers think uh, the Milky Way is, right? I'll tell you. <laughs> you remember Operation Fishbowl? No, I'm not familiar with that one. Operation Fishbowl was when they was doing high-altitude nuclear tests. And it's suspected that they were trying to bust the firmament and that what they had done had created a crack. And, uh, what, when a you scuff. Milky, yeah, a scuff. And when you see the Milky Way, that's what it is. Uh, okay, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll bring it back to GPS again. GPS, Operation is, Fishbowl really GPS, GPS stands for Global Positioning System. Yeah. And it's satellite-based. Yeah. Satellites are outside of the Earth's atmosphere. They're beyond the ball, I guess. That's how it works. They're positioned all over the planet. Believe me, I've, I've used GPS since the late 80s when there weren't enough satellites to get an accurate fix all the time. There's a lot more satellites up there now. Still can't really get a good accurate one because it still takes everybody to the next driveway over whenever they're trying to find this place. <laughs> no, that's, that's because yeah, that's because the maps are screwed. It's 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 the garbage in, garbage out concept. If if you give if you give the computer shitty data, it's going to kick out shitty data. Yeah, my but, was trying but to GPS fly. GPS works, and and satellite TV works because the earth is round and there are things all over. And, and beyond that, if the earth was flat, why have we never seen a picture of the edge? Because they won't let us get to it. Right. <laughs> right. Regarding it. Right. I, I, I've been to every continent but Africa. I've never seen the edge. Because the guards are all around the ice wall. Yes, they are. The GPS works. <laughs> of course they are. There's a... <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't some merit to some of these arguments. Well, one of the, the biggest problem arguments... is there's no, there's no evidence. One of the biggest arguments is the flop patterns that some planes have to take to get from one country to another. Like, there are easier ways. They're curved. 
You know why? It's because that's the, because on a globe, <laughs> on a globe with the Mercator projection, the shortest distance between two points isn't necessarily a straight line. It's a curved one. It's called Great Circle. Man, great Circle right. Sailing or Great Circle Navigation. <laughs> and uh, trust me, that's what I did for 10 years. I, oh, was, no, a, no. I, was, I was a navigator, yeah. actually, for 14 years. Einstein said God doesn't play dice with the universe. Isaac Newton was extremely religious, and he got to the end of what he could prove mathematically, and he threw up his head and said the rest of it, God did it. Yeah. No, that's because at that time, he was at the limit of human understanding, and anything the humans didn't understand, God did it. So there was a guy that, and you may have saw this video, a guy took the world's most powerful camera and pointed it at the stars. Mm -hmm. And the stars look like, almost like when you see sunlight shining through a pool, like how it glistens like that. They, they were glistening like that. And, you know, it, he wasn't a flat earther, but the flat earthers jumped on this. Yeah. Because the Bible. As we do. <laughs> Yeah, so, so the the Bible says that God opened up the firmament to let to to create the great flood that happened with Noah. So people, flat earthers in the dome, people think that beyond this dome is water, or no, within this <laughs> dome is water. You see those those fluffy things up in the sky that are called clouds. <laughs> There's moisture up there. So if you're looking from the earth through the moisture and you're, you've got light shining through it, that light is going to glisten because it's, it's kind of reflecting off the little drops of moisture. That's how it works. That's why you go into the Hubble, you don't see that glistening. Because you're not, you're not looking at it through a thin veil of moisture. I've always been curious. Why can't you see stars from the Hubble? You can't. No, every picture I've ever seen, I've never seen any stars. It's because they focus on the really far away shit. And I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure how that uh, Hubble does. It's like a computer interpretation of what they're looking at. They look at gas, you know, gas giants and, and um, nebulae and stuff like that. You can't see... But, you know, with a telescope sitting on, you know, sitting in your backyard, you can't see that. You can from Mount Palomar, and you can with radio telescopes, but you can't, you know, with, you know, your $300 uber cool guy hobby telescope. You just can't. So I kind of I shut this one down myself, honestly, because I thought that might have been from the light pollution from Earth. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. The, pic the pictures do look weird. I mean, what you're saying makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, so you believe that there's actually a moon, too? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, well, again, I believe in evidence, and I can look up in the sky and go, oh, that's the moon. I've also used the moon to navigate, so... 
there's thousands of recordings uh, from ancient times where they said there was no moon and it just kind of appeared you mean back when they used leeches to cure stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly when they drew everything they seen on cave walls yeah okay okay full, full <laughs> I, i'm being serious right now i really don't believe the footage of the moon landing there's um, there's there's literally a video where so, like you're watching the moon or the 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 shuttle or whatever take back off from the moon to go toward earth who was filming that in the 60s how did it get well, back just, to earth they they set a camera on the ground they didn't have that technology in the surely 60s surely did surely did to beam video back to Earth? They beamed the video to the, the, the LEM, the lunar module. The lunar module beamed it to the space capsule. The space capsule beamed it to the Earth. What was, the, guy, what was the guy's go? name that uh, directed The Shining? Stanley uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he admitted to, to creating the, that footage at some point. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, did they go back and get the camera? They did that on uh, Apollo 12. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Apollo 13, that one didn't make it. <laughs> just don't like if you look close at those those videos, it literally looks like the Wizard of Oz, where you can sort of tell where the real set ends and the backdrop begins i'm just saying it could have been real but what they showed was the same thing that nasa does today which is recreate images yeah but when it comes possible when it comes to the moon i don't think it's holographic or anything if it is up there and is as far away as i think it's it's up there like I said, I, I, I have literally, I have literally used it to navigate. I'm thinking that it's probably put there because one of the one of the Apollo landings by who? I don't know. One of the Billy, Billy, Billy Joe Henry Bob down the corner. Well, one of the Apollo, to throw the moon up there one day. One of the Apollo landings, I think it was when they landed. They said that it rung like a bell for hours. That's true. The moon rung like a bell. Yeah, that's true. That I've really, heard that too. That's counted for. And um, they, um, there's, hey, no, hey, listen, there's, there's, don't there's ring. no air on the moon. They couldn't hear. That's true. Ringing on the moon. I know, but that's true. That really. Have you heard the recording of it? You can look it up right now. Uh, you can look up anything. <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard a recording of the bell ringing? He's trying his best. You, you remember you remember the the original um, ad for Alien in space? No one can hear you scream. That's because there's no sound out there. Without oxygen, there's no sound. Okay, so if there's no oxygen, how does the sun burn? That's uh, the gamma radiation and the the various different kinds of radiation that are emitted by the sun. That's so, that's something I've always struggled with. How do you have a big ball of fire and nothing? Like it, it just be well. See, here's yeah, there. You know, nobody. 
the thing about science is that science science doesn't say this is absolute that's just this is absolutely everything you'll never hear scientists say this is absolutely everything because we can't find absolutely everything there's science always people people give scientists a bunch of shit because they change their minds and they change the story well that's because they get new information and they're not stuck on one particular theory or another they keep testing those theories to see if it holds up now i want to get into um i want to get into your other books okay well as i said before being rudely sidetracked um uh i mean i knew these guys in the coast guard and i knew that um in the event of a of a uh of zombie apocalypse, they were the kind of people I wanted watching my back. And they were also, because their main mission isn't combat, they're, they're like a more organized version of everybody else. Most people in the event of a zombie apocalypse wouldn't be ready for it. People in the Coast Guard are better prepared for it, but they're still, still smarter. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I feel like I'm well prepared for the zombie apocalypse, but if it happened, I, I'd be fucked. <laughs> well, and, and I've, I've brought this up before. I've brought this up before on other on other uh, podcasts. Uh, the last five years I was in the Coast Guard, I was a uh, emergency dispatcher in search plane, which is kind of like a nine one one operator on steroids. Yeah. Um. And we used to train all the time on various different disaster scenarios to make sure that we were ready should anything happen. And the one thing I learned unequivocally is that I don't care how prepared you are, you're not prepared enough. Yeah. You, I you, agree with that. You're right. never prepared enough. It's, I mean, you should be prepared. You should try and take steps to be ready to be able to exist on your own for a few days at least, should anything happen, which it does all the time. Um, but you're just you're just not going to be prepared enough. You're not. In the in the uh, in the inevitable takeover by zombies. By zombies, yes. What should we do? <laughs> like. Like, well, ideally, get someplace where the zombies can't go. Like a boat. or uh, Like a boat, which is what I did with the series, because it's set in Hawaii, and a lot of it takes place at sea. Oh, nice. Um, I, I hope the zombies are slow and not fast. I do, too. They're they're fast, slow, well, I, I, I did, the thing about writing fiction is that it, it all keys on the readers suspending their disbelief. The best way to do that is to build a foundation of, of reality. Mm. Make, make the details of the world you create realistic enough so that when you start going off into things like zombies and all this other shit, they're willing to take that leap with you. Um, so rather than going with undead zombies, um, because you can't you can't fight biology. 
it's it's going to be dead, dead flesh rots and it falls apart. Do you do you think it'd be more like a rabies situation? That, well, that's exactly it. Was a virus created by uh, this this billionaire with a god complex? That's where it comes from. I haven't really detailed all of that because I'm going to do a prequel when I finish writing these this part of the, the saga. The virus, what it does is it it cooks the the human forebrain, which is all your higher brain function. And at the same time, it kind of jacks up your lizard brain, which is all the you know instinct and you know the animal instinct from way back when we were you know Cro Magnon and but mine mine are slow because when you when you affect higher brain function, you also affect motor function. Have you ever seen a drunk try and run? I've been the drunk trying to run, sir. It, it, it ain't pretty. I mean, technically, you can run. You just can't do it very well. No, you see the ground coming up real fast. Usually. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> I've got scars from that shit. Focus kind of goes out the window. Uh-huh. So these, they're not, they're not undead zombies. They're just completely crazed homicidal maniacs with, uh, with you know, when they can't get other kinds of food, they'll eat human flesh. So it's kind of like a situation to where, like, if you avoided them in a way, they you could get away. But if you're like within a grabbing distance, you're fucked. Uh, well, yeah, unless you're unless you're like wearing body armor and yeah, one of the one of the 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 idiot the stupidest tropes of zombie movies, particularly. Uh, like for example, um, uh, the Army of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, you've got all these people wearing, you know, dago tees. <laughs> but exposed to their arms are exposed. They, you know, apparently, apparently cleavage is you know the, the, the necessary army <laughs> armament for you know a zombie apocalypse or something. But you know, if you're if you're covered. Human, human, the human bite doesn't have that much strength to it. I mean, you can, yeah, you can, if you bite down on flesh, you can probably rip a part of it off. Yeah. If you bite hard enough. But it's not as easy as you think it is. It's I mean, a dog can fuck you up a lot more than a human. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So. Yeah, I, that's one thing too. I like I, in some of the zombie movies when they bite, they just bite straight through. And tight it, now. It'd never be that. It'd be a bite and a tear, if anything. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, realistically, um, human beings that are dead aren't going to last very long. They're they're just like, not. If I mean, yeah, okay, you, to to kill them, you got to you know kill the brain. Well, if you if you sever the spinal cord, they're not going anywhere. Well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it take just a few days for them to be really slow anyway? Yeah, and they would maybe a couple uh, maybe a couple of months at the most for them to fall apart completely. So and it's just that's just that's just biology. You can't fight it. I, I know everybody's tried to explain like the souls on like the dead zombies as like it's a different universe. Uh, okay, makes sense. But yeah, that kind of makes sense too. But when somebody's dead, rigor mortis sets in pretty quick, so there's be. Well, yeah, but rigor mortis doesn't last. 
No, nah, that's what for like it, it breaks free. It's like twelve hours or something yeah. like that. Some there's there's a length of time when your joints are getting stiffen up, but then it kind of loosens after a while. Yeah, after you kill somebody, you gotta wait till that breaks so you can get them in the trunk. There you go. <laughs> or, 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 you, or you break out the hacksaw or the wood chipper. Around here, we just come up real fine and use them as bait. There you go. There you go. I'm just joking. Makes makes you want to eat those bass you caught today, doesn't it, Tully? Dude, that 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 bass was pretty pitiful, but. I like to send everybody pictures. Anyway. I like I like how Tully never holds it. He always puts it on the ground. And the day I called him, I was like, that blade of grass. Is... Well, how am I going to hold it and take a picture of myself? <laughs> Girls do it all day long. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Get everything all fishy. <laughs> but that, that was one of the best parts of being in the Coast Guard, particularly I was on two icebreakers and two buoy tenders. The buoy tenders, all the, you know, buoys you see floating around and the lights you see on the, you know, shoreline. That's what we used to fix all the time. Well, I, I, I was on two different ships, one in Alaska and one in Hawaii. And when we would go out, a lot of times we would send out two boats, two of the small boats, the Zodiacs. One would work on the aid, the other one would go fishing. Okay. Yeah. Well, because if, if you want to, if you're out in the ocean and you want to find a great place to fish, go to a buoy or go to, you know, something that it's, there's, a, there's a chain or something hanging down because all the barnacles get, you know, it, it gets encrusted with barnacles and all the fish come to feed off. That makes a lot of sense. I've never been fishing in the ocean. Oh, that's, that's good eating, man. I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, eat like fish in a restaurant or, you know, the, the fish you get in the supermarket is just not fresh enough. I mean, we would, we would take, we would catch the fish, kill it, throw it on the grill. It was that fresh. Mm. Well, and, Dave, Dave just sent pictures of him pulling monsters out of the pond. <laughs> That's a big ass fish. That's a big ass bass. We call Reed the Bass Master. <laughs> oh, you want to catch a big fish? Go up to Alaska and go fish for halibut. Oh yeah, good luck. The, big, the biggest one I saw was 103 pounds, and you had to shoot it to get it aboard. Are those bigger than grouper? Um, weight wise, I'm not sure. They're, I don't think weight wise they're, they're shaped differently. Yeah. Halibut are flat, but they're huge. When you, I mean, if you go off the uh, coast of California, they're going to be, you know, this big. You go off Alaska, they're like this big. I always, so when thought, those, I always thought those fish were called gropers. No, <laughs> grouper, not groper. That's well, a whole uh, what, what, what hands were they groping with? Um, that's why I always thought I was like, that's a weird name to name a fish in today's climate. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, when you caught something like massive on those buoys, did you just cut the line or like, how are you getting them up onto the. You, you, you have really strong fishing line. Did you ever catch a megalodon? 
No. <laughs> I did see some pretty big sharks there. Yeah, I'd say so, man. I bet out, I bet out in open water they get fucking. Uh, well, we were we were about a day or so out of Guadalcanal, heading down to um, American Samoa, and we were planning on doing fish call because the, the, the Pacific Ocean it, it's like flat ass calm. It's like a big ass swimming pool when you get you know the, in the tropics and there's no you know weather patterns going around. I like the skinny dip in that. So all we would do is we would just kind of like stop the boat and everybody dive off of it. And you'd usually have one guy with an M16 or an M4 um, on shark watch. And that was it, just to be safe. Well, we were planning on going, I'm doing a swim call in the afternoon and I was standing up on the bridge wing with um, the bosun mate. And we just kind of dicking off because there's not, not a whole lot to do when you're out, you know, a thousand miles from nowhere. And uh, all of a sudden I hear him say, holy shit. And he's staring over the side. So I looked down there. There had to be like a 15 foot Mako swimming. <laughs> right off. The, and I, I went to, I went to the, the conning officer and said, uh, I don't think we're going to do swim call today, sir. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, we usually ask all our new guests to wear in the folk. Have you ever had any paranormal experiences? Um, I will tell you my one ghost-ish story. That's like we me. were we were know. on the island of Saipan, which is in the Marianas Islands, Guam, Tinian, and Saipan. Um, and when the Marines took the island. The Japanese soldiers who were defending it told the civilians who lived there that the Marines are going to eat them. So rather than get captured by the, these cannibal Marines, oh. they went up to this cliff and flung themselves off. Dude, I know exactly the place you're talking about. You've been there? Yes, it's, it's called Suicide Cliff. Yeah. That's and, I and, talked about that on one of our podcasts before. Yeah. Being being the the uh, <clears throat> adventuresome bunch that we were, uh, a bunch of us rented a car and jammed the trunk full of beer, and then went up to Suicide Cliff. And this is the that sounds like a great time. Actually, <laughs> well, that, this is this is the tropics. Okay, it's warm. It's always warm. Even when even when the weather sucks, it's warm. Okay, so we get up there, and the sun hadn't been down. We were planning to just sleep out the whole night. The sun hadn't been down more than an hour, and it got really, really cold. Oh. Now, this may have been just some weather phenomenon. It could have been a squall blowing through or something. But it was cold, and we were drunk. So we all just piled into the car and you know, slept like this. And woke up the next morning, you know, feeling like broken pretzels and all hung over and shit but it was weird just the fact that we are on suicide cliff and all of a sudden you get this massive cold spot but that was my one that's wild because we've actually talked about that place before yep that's neat i'd love to go there another question that that cecil usually asks do you think that birds are real Yes. 
Yes, there ain't no hope for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen them up close. Well, I mean, I know that they're, you can touch them and stuff. Tell, tell him your theories. See some. All right, so when I was growing up, I always heard about this guy named Valent Thor, who was a Venerian from Venus or whatever that worked closely with the government. <laughs> so um, okay. what, I've, what I've concluded in my years of thinking and all this is that we live in a – because I don't technically believe in flat Earth. I believe that we live in a simulation. <laughs> and in the simulation, the only thing that can monitor every – spot of the simulation are birds so i think that these birds were created by the venerians because venus is the server that operates what we know as earth and whenever there's a glitch happens these birds report the glitch back to the server and they correct it okay yeah <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> Uh, no, sorry, I'm not buying it. <laughs> it is. Because if you've ever looked at the pictures of Venus from when they actually supposedly got through the atmosphere, it looks a lot like Earth, you know? They probably. Another... Well, except for the, the, the fact that the, the, the uh, atmosphere is completely toxic and it's far too close to the sun to, you know, support life. Before. But other than that, yeah. Before I realized, before I realized that we were living in a simulation back when I was like nine to like nineteen, um, I had this thought that Venus used to be Earth, and that the people that lived there ruined it, and then everybody moved to this planet, and eventually when we ruin this one, Mars will be ready for habitation, and we'll just migrate there. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of truth to that. Elon has said that he wants to send uh he wants to give people with life sentences a choice. They can either spend their life in prison or they can be shipped off to Mars and work on um terraforming. Yeah, terraforming Mars. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they they're going to send somebody to Mars before we die, unless we die soon. Um, um, yeah, I would certainly, I would certainly hope so. But there are a number of physical hurdles they got to get through. Anybody that goes to Mars is not coming back. That's a fact. I've got a, I've got a good buddy named Frankie. <laughs> Frankie. <laughs> and I, I told Frank, uh, Frankie was texting me, and he's like sends me the article about Bezos going uh, up towards space. And he's like, well, where did he go if space ain't real? And I'm like, dude, he went almost to space is what it says. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost his mind. Because he, he legit thinks that Cecil is the craziest person on the planet. So well, I've met crazier. I've, he, I've, uh, I've met crazier. You're safe, Cecil. I say these things, but I believe most of them, but I don't believe them wholeheartedly enough to care a lot. <laughs> He's just a little bit ahead of the curve. You're just a little more open to possibility than yeah. the rest of humanity. Okay. Like, like if I got in a spaceship and went into space, I'd be like, oh shit, they were right. 
<laughs> <You know? laughs> we can start a GoFundMe for that. Yeah, let's send Cecil to space. That's that's exactly what uh, Eddie Bravo says too. Yeah, he's like, just take me up there. Yeah, I just want to go if it's true. Send me up. Let's see what's going on. Eddie Bravo and Cecil in a space capsule together. Yeah, oh yeah, that God. would be that would work out great. <laughs> yeah. My thing is though, flat Earth. I don't think flat Earth real because I think more of the simulation theory because I don't know how true it is, but I've read it a few places that they broke down the human DNA cells so far that it looks like binary code. Well, when you digitize something, it becomes binary code. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's how binary code works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're digitized. <laughs> right now we're all di- right now we're well those my, ones in two different ways. Physical my, my basic my basic theory is that the universe works the way it does because there really isn't any other way for it to work. I heard another interesting uh counter argument against the infinite universe theory. Okay. They were like they were like the universe is completely infinite and we've been alive as long as we have as a race by now space would be completely white from all of the light radiating from all the stars because it would have had time to travel through space Uh, no no human beings have been on this uh, human beings as we know I've only been on this planet for at the outside, maybe 50,000 years. Ah. That's not far enough to go, you know, 87 quadrillion freaking oh. miles or whatever, parsecs or so however are- far it is to the end. Infinity, infinity is one of those well, words like God. It doesn't really it's, matter. We, we we cannot measure it yet. It's really, 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 really far. Yeah. Well, I think I set that up wrong. So, so not even not even just human existence, but as long as the Earth has been Earth, mm-hmm. there would have been time for that. Uh, well, okay. How does that? How does that not? Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to give well, you an answer. Well, there's, 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 there's a difference between the universe as a whole and the observable universe. We can only see so much of the universe. But but the idea like, being that there's a lot more out there. As far as I see, his theory though about like light traveling. Mm-hmm. Like there's no fall off; it goes at the speed of light, yeah. regardless. Right. So, so all this person was saying is like, if that's true, and obviously the universe is older than Earth, right. then why is there so much dark space in space? Because, because it's really, 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 really big. <laughs> 